Hey guys, welcome back to the Anything Combat Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny K. Today, we're going to talk about the featherweight division. We're going to go through the whole thing and summarize it. This is going to explain all the fights to make in the featherweight division, what's happening in it, the fights that are coming up, who I like, who I don't like, who's got potential, who's a dark horse, and who's going to lose their next five fights. Let's get right into it. Rank 15, Alex Caceres. Bruce Leroy has insane head kicks, like the one he landed on Julian Arosa. You should watch that. It came out of nowhere. One of the KOs of the year. I'll probably put it at number two due to the fact that, you know, Ishmael Bonfil, um, Bonfim landed that flying knee on Terence McKinney. Anyways, Alex Caceres has insane taekwondo slash karate. He's a great kickboxer. He's got good head movement. He had a fight with Yair Rodriguez back in the day. This is something that the UFC does. They stuff up a lot of things, kind of like how they treated Cyril Gann and how they treat a lot of fighters, where they rush them into things. He They rushed Alex Caceres into the fight with Yair at the time. Yair was very young. And since then, both of them have gone on to do amazing things. If In the event that they ever had a rematch, Yair would win this one. I know that that won't occur, but let's say in this hypothetical scenario, Yair fights Alex Caceres again. Yair wins uh, easily this time. So Alex is fighting Daniel Pineda on June 3rd. This is like a grapple of his striker type fight due to the fact that Pineda has a lot of submissions on his record. I think what you do with Alex Caceres is you pair him up with rank 12, Sadiq Yusuf, even though it's a rematch. I understand that they've already fought before. I just think that the styles would look good, and Sadiq's a pretty high-volume fighter. So I just see it being a good fight. They could put it on a prelim of, of a numbered UFC event. I would really like to see that one again. Rank 14th. Edson Barboza, my guy Junior, he's been in the UFC since time, he's fought everyone, he's fought Giga Chikadze, he's fought Khabib, Tony Ferguson, Benil Dariush, he's fought fucking everyone, he just fought Billy Quarantillo, which I think is a longo guy, same with like Aljamain Sterling and Ally Quinter, all those dudes, and he hit him with a knee, similar to how he fought Dariush and hit him with a knee. It was not luck. He's 37. He's a veteran. And for some reason, he um, managed to score a knockout. Now, do I think he's a top 14 featherweight? No, I don't. I think there's featherweights outside the rankings that could beat him. Case in point, an Australian fighter, I just want to talk about and no I'm not biased I just think that he's a really good striker and could probably outstrike an aging Edson Barboza is Jack Jenkins he he had a really good win on at UFC 284 and this fight would be fireworks everyone would love to see this you put this as a prelim main event or you even put it on the main card it doesn't matter these two will scrap and it will be what I would refer to as bonkers Okay, another potential fighter. Oh, Alex Caceres in rank 15. We just spoke about him. The styles make sense. Alex Caceres has got that Taekwondo slash karate type base. Edson's more of a Muay Thai guy, you know? We want to see fun fights where Edson has a chance of winning. We don't want to put him up against someone like an Ilya Tapuria just to die. Rank 13th, Dan Ige, 50k. 
just lost to Mosvai Ivlovev, and that's not a problem at all, you know what I mean? Anyone would lose to that guy. His next fight is against the funniest man in the UFC, Nate Landwehr. Nathan Train in the UFC. June 10th. Yeah, this is a good fight. I don't see Nate doing well. I know he had that fight against Onama, or I don't know what his name what his name was. But, yeah, I don't think Nate's too good. I like Dan Ige. He just came off that really good win uh, on a, with a difficult fight against Damon Jackson where he got a knockout. So, things are looking good for Dan Ige. I think after the fight with Nate, a potential opponent I would like to see is Bryce Mitchell. I know he's injured right now, but that would be a really fun fight. It's a fun fight to make, and Dan Ige is always in the fight. Uh, I rate him. He's a he's a good fighter. Some people call him boring. I think um, maybe his personality, but I think his fight style is pretty elite. Rank 12, Sadiq Yusuf. He's 29 years of age. He's beaten Andre Feely. He's beaten Alex Caceres, and he's on a two-fight win streak. He's got... 5.29 significant strikes per minute, and I think a potential opponent for him would be Giga Chikadze. I like this fight. Giga's a little bit overrated. Don't think Giga's amazing just because, oh, he went on a good win streak. He kind of got exposed. I think there needs new blood in the new in the top of the featherweight division, and I think Sadiq Youssef knocking off Giga and putting his spot there would lead to way more fun fights would lead to way more fun fights, and would just be healthy for the division. Rank 11, the world is flat, Bryce Mitchell. So, I already said I would like to see him up against Dan Ige, but yeah, he lost badly to Ilya Tapuria, and now he's injured. Before that fight, he was 15-0, and zero, just to go to show you how good Ilya is. In a fight where I had doubts if Edson was going to beat him, I actually put money on Bryce Mitchell. So yeah, his, his fight that he pulled out of recently because he got injured, either a shoulder injury or a back injury, it was kind of serious. I think the fight was Mosvar Ivloev, and that's a 16-0 and zero fighter. So I understand why he would pull out. I believe if it was someone else, he wouldn't have. But yeah, he's got zero knockouts, though. This is weird, man. All of his wins have either come from submission or decision. Because of that, he's not a complete fighter, and he won't beat the upper echelon fighters in the featherweight division. The fact that he was at 15-0 and zero with his grappling just goes to show you that either he was getting favorable matchups, or he is really good in that department. And if he is really good in that department, and Tapuria could grapple with him, then, dude, I don't know what that what that even means. If Bryce is 15-0 and zero with grappling that Ilya, Ilya's got better grappling than him, then, dude, the gaps in the division is really weird. There's a problem in the featherweight division when it comes to, um, when it comes to the level and the gap in skill level. It's really weird. Barboza can knock out Billy Quarantillo, a guy that's a decent fighter. He's okay. And then Bryce Mitchell can dominate Edson Barboza, making him look like a bum. I understand styles make fights, but this is irrelevant for what I'm saying right now for, for MMA, right? Like, I understand anyone can beat anyone. I'm saying for featherweight, uh, with, the, with the level of skill, I'm saying that there's such a gap between each fighter. Like, for example... Um, 
Bryce Mitchell could probably beat Billy Quarantillo. I understand. Okay, let's recap. So, Barboza can knock out Billy Quarantillo, a decent fighter. So, that would mean that Barboza is actually pretty good. Bryce Mitchell dominates Barboza, meaning that Bryce Mitchell's better than Barboza, meaning that he should be, like, you know, pretty good, like, even better. And then Tupuria destroys Bryce Mitchell, meaning that Tupuria is either fucking championship level or there are massive gaps in skill in this division. Because if if Tupuria can do that, then he destroys Quarantilla and he destroys Edson Barboza. So if Tupuria can do that, what's that fight going to look like with Volkanovski or Max Holloway? How's he going to do? Is he going to is he going to fucking just beat him? Like I don't understand how this works anymore. Either this means that Bryce Mitchell's actually overrated, or Ilya Tapuria is so good that he can make a B-level athlete look like an F-tier because he himself is an S-rank with Holloway and and Volkanovski. Because on a real note, the way Ilya fought Bryce Mitchell, I don't even see Volkanovski beating Bryce Mitchell that bad. Like, I see Volkanovski beating Bryce Mitchell the same way he beat Korean Zombie, you know, just out out pointing him, out damaging him, looking at, making him look like a fool. Ilya knocked him down, slammed him, ground and pounded him, cut his face open, and then submitted him. Are you joking? He basically got like a TKO and a submission. He humiliated him, and he was undefeated. So, Jesus. Moving on to a 16-0 and zero undefeated Russian. Number 10, Mozvar Ivloev. Mozvar Ivloev versus Tupuria is the Zabit Magnumeri Sheripov versus Yair Rodriguez from, for our generation in the modern day. What can I say about this guy? He's undefeated at 16-0 with 6-0 and in the UFC. But the problem is is that he is a decision machine. All of his wins in the UFC have come by decision. He's got a boring style, and out of his 16 and 0, he only has 7 finishes. This is unacceptable. As a championship-level MMA fighter, you should not be getting decisions on sub-tier mediocre opponents. Even Islam Makachev, who people can compare Ivloev with, has had, even though people call him boring, he has had a lot of submissions, and he gets rid of his opponents. You can say, oh, he's, you know, you cannot call Islam Makachev a decision machine because he's not. He submits a lot of people. It might take a while, but he'll get to them. Mozvar Ivloev does not. He is happy just to grind them out for the whole duration of the fight, and this is dangerous because if he goes up against someone like Yair Rodriguez, he can win 14 minutes of the fight. Yair can rant, uh, throw one elbow and put him out cold. These are the problems I see with his style. I think Mozvar is championship level. I think he will be a championship contender. So I think he would have destroyed Bryce Mitchell. So as we know, Bryce got injured. So by the time this podcast goes up, he would have already faced Diego Lopez. Hopefully he doesn't get knocked out and then we're looking at each other like, okay, Diego Lopez is the best fighter of all time, right? So yeah, I see Mozvar beating a lot of people in this division. Lopez and go, this is the best fighter to ever live. I would like to see him fight Josh Emmett, even though Tapuria is fighting him. I would like to see him fight him after, or Calvin Cater, just to see what level he's on. If it wasn't abundantly clear already who my favorite fighter in this division is, 
he's tied, actually, with Max Holloway. Number nine, it's Ilya Tupuria. This dude is a finisher. 12 finishes, 13 wins, 13-0 and zero in his MMA career. He's fought at featherweight. He's fought at lightweight. When he fought at lightweight, he knocked out Jai Herbert, who trains with Leon Edwards at Renegade. I believe that's true. I haven't checked the facts on that. Why this win over Jai Herbert is so impressive is that he was like 6-1 or 6-2 at lightweight. It shows that Ilya Tupuri has double champ capabilities and that he can fight in both divisions. It also shows that if he can beat someone from Team Renegade, which is where Leon Edwards is, that he is an above-average MMA fighter. It also shows that Jai Herbert is actually good because he got a win directly after this fight as well. So, and he head kicked Ilya Tapuria and dropped him. So, it shows both of them are really good. It just shows that Ilya is better. With 5 and 0 in the UFC, this guy is unstoppable. Even though Ilya Tapuria is a KO artist, he's got 8 submissions out of his 13 wins. This goes to show you that his Georgian wrestling background means that he's a complete MMA fighter that is violent and will be a problem for every single person in this division. Probably tied with my favorite fighter in this division. He's crazy. Another thing I want to touch on about this guy's career is that he's 26 years of age. If this guy in the next four fights can get a title shot, because he's already 5-0, and zero. he's going to fight Josh Emmett, who's ranked like 4th, that would mean that he would have to fight someone again at like 2, and then he would get a title shot. If he can get a title shot in 3 fights and get the belt at 26 years of age, dude, are we looking at one of the best fighters at fe in featherweight history? Does Ilya Tupuria beat Volkanovski? I don't know. Does he win the belt, and defend until he's 34. That'll be eight years worth of de defenses. Is this another level of athlete? He's a Spaniard. He's a Georgian. It's, it's just amazing. He's representing Europe from the Caucasus region, and he's Spanish. I don't know what else to say about this guy. He's just amazing. Call me an idiot, but with this guy's frame, I know he's short, but with his frame and how stocky he is and how he treated Jai Herbert at lightweight, I can see him beating some people at welterweight. If you chuck in Ilya Tapuri against someone like Jack Della Maddalena or someone like Vicente Luque, and he's big and stocky there, like a big guy. Think about how Kelvin Gastelum looks. Think about that being Tapuria, but with Tapuria's power and the way he moves in MMA, his cardio, his strength, his grappling, his striking, his knockouts. Dude, this guy can go to welterweight. I won't want to, I don't want to see him do that. I want to see him stay at featherweight and maybe go to lightweight when he's got the belt. But yeah, get that belt up featherweight. But yeah, I see that this guy can go to welterweight and actually have success. And that is scary. This is another level of athlete. He's booked for a five-rounder on June 24th with Josh Emmett. A fight a fight that I think is uh, pretty intense for him. It's a massive jump up in competition, but guess what? Tapura even called out for called Brian Ortega. He's called every single person out in this division, and he said that he wants to fight all of them, and he's got no problem who he fights first. So they paired him up against a guy who can wrestle and who has knockout power. Basically, the inverse of him.
It's like it's like a mirror fight, but Josh is a little bit bigger. I think he I think they might be the same height. Yeah, very weird matchup. It's like he's fighting the American version of him and he's the Spanish version of Josh Emmett. Ilya Tapuria has never seen past a third round. Now this is why this fight being scheduled for five rounds is very interesting, because what's Ilya's cardio like? Is this dude the best fighter of all time in three round fights and he can't go past four or five? This will all be answered, especially if Josh makes him go the whole distance. So I don't think, I think Ilya will be very, uh, I think he'll be more patient. I think he's a smart fighter and I think he will take the first two rounds just to relax and then get into the fight in the third, fourth and fifth. And I see this fight being an absolute brawl. Someone's getting finished here. Tupuria is a favorite to get that belt. I see him being one of the greats if he can defend the belt a couple times. Now, is he just a hype train? I don't know. Is he a dark horse? I don't think so. I think he's in that area where he will grow into it. What's a 30-year-old Ilya Tupuria look like with all of his skills? This is a this is a different breed of athlete, a guy that's been training MMA forever now. People said that Eve Loewev could beat him because Eve Loewev is undefeated and that he can wrestle. Since then, Tapuria went 3-0 and zero additionally on top of his undefeated record. And everyone started saying, well, maybe Eve Loewev will struggle against someone like Tapuria who has ridiculous takedown defense because he's got a 92% takedown defense rate in the UFC. This is feral. He's going to go up against Josh Emmett. We will see if he can continue this takedown defense. I think he can. I think he's going to be impossible to take down. I think he's too athletic and too fast. Where I have a problem with him is that Bryce Mitchell could catch him with straight punches. And actually, I think he rocked him during the fight, but people didn't call it. People are people are too biased. I'm unbiased. I see fighters that I love like Tapuria and Holloway and go, okay, what are the real facts? Holloway, I loved him. I still do. Volkanovski v. him, number two. Everybody knows Volkanovski won. I don't dispute that because I am an unbiased commentator. Tupuria versus someone like a, someone like an Evloev. I look and I go, maybe maybe Evloev takes him down. And what does that look like? How long can he control him? How can he how can he gas him out on the floor? Additionally, I looked at the Bryce Mitchell fight and saw that Bryce had a lot of success uh, with him. So, brings me back to my previous point. Is Bryce good or overrated? We will see with Josh Emmett. If Josh Emmett can implement what Bryce did, he can put Ilya out cold by rocking him and finishing him on the ground via ground and pound. And another thing you need to consider is him being 26, are they rushing him in too fast? Should have they held on to him beforehand? People realize that Tapuria was a different breed after all of his fights, so they stopped saying that Evloev could beat him easily, and it became more of a pick'em than a Evloev being the favorite. Out of the prospects, Tapuria has just done way more impressive shit than Evloev. That potential matchup with Volk—they're two little short men. They will brawl. They can grapple. They can do jujitsu together. It's the fairest fight ever. I think that Volkanovski, when he implements his feint game and his head movement, might be better in that regard to Tapuria. But when it comes to straight power, Tapuria might have him. If Tapuria can knock out lightweights and Volkanovski can um, wobble lightweights, kind of like 
Islam Makachev, then maybe Tapuria's got better power. But one thing that I do have to say is that that stat about Islam Makachev being the hardest hit person to hit in the UFC and Volkanovski hitting him the most that he's ever been hit of all time goes to show you that if they were in together, Tapuria will most likely get his head bonked back by Volkanovski. I think both of these guys go to a decision. It's going to be a war. It's going to be three, two, one of them. One person's going to, it's going to come down to one round. And to be honest, they might need a rematch. Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tapuria most likely will end with a knockout. I don't know if Josh Emmett puts him on the ground, TKOs him, or if Ilya finishes him on the feet and TKOs him himself. So it's going to be very interesting fight to to watch. One thing I do have to say is the takedown average of Ilya is 2.45. So is he going to try and take down Josh Emmett? I don't think he should. I really don't. His significant strikes per minute is 3.32. They're going to be vol- There's going to be a lot of volume, as I said. It doesn't go past the third round in his whole career. But against against Josh Emmett, they could go to decision, which will show uh, Tapuria's cardio. One stat that's very interesting is, as I said, everyone thinks he's a KO artist. He's actually not. He's a complete fighter. His sub-average per 15 minutes is 2.5. He's got a lot of submissions on his... Uh, in his skill set, and people refer to him as the future champ. Rank number eight, Giga Chikadze. I believe this guy's been exposed. I'm sorry to say, Calvin Cater really destroyed him. He tried to make the argument that he was the best striker in the UFC. I don't agree with this at all. There's not really much to say about him. He had a seven-fight win streak in the division that was snapped by Calvin. I think the next fight for him might be a Sadiq Yusuf. To be honest, I know this is so vague and we come back to Sadiq, but Giga is not that good and he won't really get a title shot. He's not a complete fighter, nor is his striking the best we've ever seen. Someone like Tupuria, who I just spent a million years talking about, could probably outstrike this guy. Number seven, the veteran of the UFC, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. For his last fight, they should do it in Korea, and it should be up against Max Holloway. He's fought every single champion in the UFC. Well, not not really Conor McGregor, but, you know, it doesn't really count. He wasn't really a full-on champion. He won the title fight wins, but he didn't really defend the championship. You know what I mean? He wasn't there holding onto the championship for life, kind of how Volkanovski, Aldo, and Holloway all did. That's why Max Holloway should fight Chan Sung Jung. Chan has fought Volk and Aldo in both of their title defenses, but when Holloway was champion and he won his five title fight wins where he went Anthony Pettis interim, Aldo, then Aldo again, then he fought, I think it was Frankie Edgar, and then Brian Ortega, and then Chan Sung Jung was there the whole time and didn't and didn't get the right wins, it didn't turn out, and they never fought each other. This is a legacy fight. This is one that the fans want to see, and I think that Korean Zombie should retire after this. He's an absolute fan favorite. He's pulled off a twister. I don't want to see someone like a Mosvar Evloev get paired up against him. I really don't. He's a he's a legacy fighter and he's fan favorite. They shouldn't feed him to a wolf to get absolutely brutalized by Evloev, who's going to be boring and make his retirement fight look terrible. Kind of how Marab Dvalishvili treated Aldo. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. If 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 that fight goes the same way Aldo Marab did, then we're boycotting the UFC. Exactly. So listen to me. We go Korean Zombie versus Max Holloway. Relax. Let's do it.
Rank six, an underrated fighter, Calvin Cater. He fought Max Holloway. He looked horrific, but that just goes to show you how good Max Holloway is. Calvin's actually underrated, and he's championship level. If someone defended the belt against Calvin Cater, I would have no problem with it. Uh, I would call it a title defense. I wouldn't say, oh, it's a C level. I would give it a good B-plus title defense. He was robbed against Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett's very good, but Calvin Cater did um, beat him. So it just goes to show you that Calvin's actually up there with all the guys. And guess what? Yair Rodriguez, we're calling him the interim champion right now, and he fought he fought Josh Emmett for the belt. So everyone's saying, oh, what a good title fight win for him. And, you know, brought the belt to Mexico, and how good is Yair Rodriguez? But truly, it could have been Yair Calvin in there. And if Calvin had the interim belt, what would people say? Oh, he's not legitimate. No, he's an underrated fighter. He's the dark horse of this division. And I'm very upset that he got his knee injury against Arnold Allen, which in a fight which he didn't look too good to start off beforehand either. And if he had that knee injury whilst the first round and all that other stuff was going on, then it makes kind of sense. He treated Giga like, like nothing. I think a rematch against Josh Emmett's down the line. He's a boxing beast. If he went to bare knuckle, it would probably destroy people there, especially in that 145 division they have. He could even go to lightweight there. He's a pretty big dude. Yep, he's been Dan Ige, he's been Giga, and he slept Jeremy Stevens. He had a very good fight with Zabit Magnumeri Sheripov when he was coming up. He's KO'd Schoen Burgos, and he, and he beat Andre Feely. This is an underrated fighter dark horse of the division. If Max Holloway wasn't there and and he and Calvin Cater got one more win, he would have been fighting Volkanovski for the belt. He's a very good fighter. He's been treated badly. He's a little bit old and now with his knee injury, it's not looking good. But yeah, there, there is a reality where Calvin Cater was fighting for the UFC title. Just maybe not our reality. Or timeline. Rank five. The T-Rex of the division. He kind of looks like an orc. Josh Emmett. I like this dude. He's cool. He's, it's, it's not that his personality is good. It's not. He's a very nice guy. He's a humble dude. He works very hard. I believe he was at Team Alpha Male, and he was a product of that camp. Yeah, a lot of respect for this guy. He's got no nickname for some reason. As I said, he's fighting Tupuria June 24th. I love this fight. If I had to use... If I had to use one word to describe this fight, I would say fire, because these guys are going to explode. In this fight, as I said, someone's got to be finished. If, if, they, if they treat the fight how they should, they're going to go full steam ahead. It's going to be horrific. That fight with Yair Rodriguez was very impressive. Even though he didn't do too well, he still bonked Yair and had his moments in that fight. Yair even stated that he didn't know where he was and that he was going off an instinct. Josh Emmett is a complete MMA fighter. He's a little bit old. He's 38 years old, but still, I don't know what testosterone he's pumping, what steroids he's on. He looks amazing. His wrestling is good and his hands are very, his hands are very lethal. He's a complete package. He's probably the biggest featherweight there. He's like the Drew Doba of that division. Josh has slept some people in this division badly, like badly. He slept Michael Johnson and he didn't even wake up. And then he put Lamas out cold. The Lamas hit his head on the canvas when he came down. Dude, just finishes that you cringe. That's what Josh Emmett is. That's why I like him. 
He fought for the interim championship, so he had a title fight, but the problem with that is that he was on a firefight win streak, but one of them was a robbery to Calvin Cater. It just goes to show you how good Yaya Rodriguez is if he can beat a whole package like uh, Josh Emmett. I think... Uh, Josh didn't do enough wrestling. I know he did, and he had his moments, but as we know, Yair has leveled up his ground game, and he submitted him. He also debuted in 2016, so so Josh Josh Emmett, I really like him, and I can't wait for that Ilya Tapuria match. Next fighter. Number four, Arnold Allen. This dude is potential. He's still young. He's like 29. He's got insane striking I think who you pair him up against is Brian Ortega. When Ortega comes back, I think you just get rid of Ortega out of the division. He's going to be a journeyman. He's going to beat all the lower-level dudes because Ortega's got that weird skill set where he can split-decision anyone. Most likely, he'll split-decision anyone. If it's a close fight, Ortega's going to win it. Ortega, if they make a mistake, can submit him. Yeah, I think Arnold Allen versus Ortega is the best fight to make. Arnold Allen just lost to Max Holloway, and he came off a 10-fight win streak, falling into the category of the only two fighters in the UFC ever, which were Tony Ferguson and Arnold Allen, to get double-digit win streaks and not get a title fight. That is crazy. He needs two wins coming off that lost Holloway. I think Brian Ortega can get him back into the flow. Who knows? Arnold Allen's uh, confidence might be shot. He was very upset. He almost cried losing to Max Holloway, and guess what, I'm nothing, nothing against the man, that's how much passion he has for the sport, that's how much he cares about the sport, and one thing that he needs to figure out is that he emotionally will only be happy if he's winning in the sport, and to be honest, if he can master that and figure out how to be a little bit looser and just to relax more and to understand that it is okay to lose in MMA, then he'll do better in his career. I do see championship, um, I do, see, I do see a championship possibility for this guy. I don't think he's a dark horse. I think Calvin would be more of a dark horse than him. I think that the fact that people are calling Arnold Allen a dark horse is actually making him a favorite. You know what I mean? So in this point in time, Arnold Allen is good. But yeah, he needs to work on his confidence. He is, if I had to use one word to describe him, he is an attacker. He's got an attacker's mindset. He runs after people. It's very violent. And to be honest, I like I like the way he fights. He really takes it to his competition. And I would love to see a fight with him and Tapuria. And yeah, there he is. There he is. Yes, I did. I did bring up Ilya Tapuria again. I'm sorry. This is a championship-level fighter, and he might see a future fight with Eve Loev. One, two fights I want to talk about, just for fun, are fantasy matchups. How would Arnold Allen do in a hypothetical matchup against prime Jose Aldo? I think, um, I think Jose would need to use some grappling against him, because... Their striking against each other would be an insane striking match. I still give the edge to Aldo, but it doesn't take anything away from Arnold how good he actually is. Another fantasy matchup I want to talk about is Zabit Magnamary Sheripov, my old favorite before he left. Very upsetting that he got his diaphragm problem. Hopefully he can... I don't, I don't think he'll ever make a return, but yeah, just... just uh, just potential that we might not see for another like 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? How disappointing. When are we going to see another Zabit Magnumishopov? It's not going to happen. Anyways. I see Arnold Allen 
doing well against Zabit. If he went five rounds with Max Holloway, I see him beating Zabit. So, yeah, Arnold Allen's elite. Number three, a man I just brought up, Brian T-City Ortega. This dude is wasted potential. He's damaged goods. He doesn't fight enough. He should be in there all the time. Who cares if he fucking loses? He should be in there working on his craft because he's a championship-level fighter. You can't have uh, Max Holloway beating the brakes off you, and then you come back a couple years later, win the fifth round against uh, Volkanovski, land some good shots on him, almost get him in a triangle, almost get him in a guillotine and win the belt, and now not fight. Oh, you know, I can't fight anymore. I can't fight anymore. Fuck off. You're up there with the best fighters of all time. Volkanovski is... I'll get to Volkanovski later, but he is one of the best fighters to ever live, and T-City is doing decent against him. Even though he got butchered, he did decent. He could destroy anyone in this division. Get in there, make your money. Come on, T-City. Come on. You're a good fighter. Stop fucking, stop fucking around. Unfortunately, Yair Rodriguez has leveled up his jiu-jitsu and injured Brian Ortega, I don't know if Brian Ortega injured himself or if Yair did it, but his shoulder popped out, uh, making that fight making that fight end short. Yeah, so T-City, he had that fight with the Korean Zombie and absolutely dominated him. He got dominated by Holloway and he fought Volkanovski and lost. He's 32. He's still got time. Give him three, four years, he's got this. A problem I see with him is that he's got a weak body. Someone like a, don't say it, John, don't say it, Ilya Tapuria could destroy this man with a liver shot. Put him out with a liver shot, TKO. No fuck with me. Tapuria could dominate this guy. Yep, I said it. And that's why I think Arnold Allen could beat this guy. Because Arnold Allen's uh, probably got those body kicks, got those leg kicks. He, I just I just don't see T-City getting, getting Arnold Allen on the ground. He's only had five fights since 2018. That's not a good look. He should be in there more often. He's a contender now, but I don't know, man. In his prime, he could have been a champion. He could have beaten um, Max Holloway. Actually, no, you know what? I, I refrain from saying that. Relax, John. Sometimes my takes go too far. Sometimes my takes go so far with hypotheticals that I void my own knowledge and I, and I ruin my own opinion. Brian Ortega in his prime does not beat prime Max Holloway. But he was a very good contender, and if Max Holloway wasn't there, he could have done he could have done decent. I don't think he ever had a belt. But yeah, Brian Ortega, I give him an A, A minus. Fights to make for Brian Ortega. Um, Eve Loev, he could probably submit Matt Mosvar, even though that's a very difficult call. Fight Giga Chikadze and our boy Ilya. Rank two. My actual favorite featherweight fighter. I know it's hard to believe because this whole podcast is Tapuria. I'll put him in the thumbnail. Max Blessed Holloway. This guy is amazing. One of the best fighters to ever live. Top top 25 best fighters of all time in MMA history. Five title fights. This guy is the Hawaiian dream. Beat Pettis for the interim belt. Beat Aldo. Fort Volkanovski. He's done it all. I wouldn't mind seeing Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway too. It gives Brian an opportunity to have a big fight with a, with a lot of eyes on it and get him paid a lot of money. 
it gives Max Holloway another opponent that doesn't invalidate Volkanovski's reign. Because him beating Arnold Allen does not do wonders for the division. Arnold Allen on an 11-fight win streak or a 10-fight win streak would have looked amazing against Volkanovski. It would have looked really good. They could sell it easily. Max went in there and ruined that. So Arnold Allen's not going to get another title shot. And because of that, it stores Volkanovski's career. So chuck him up against people that Volkanovski's already beaten. Max Holloway should fight someone like Korean Zombie. Should fight someone like Brian Ortega. People Volkanovski's already beat. This gives him time where down the track, if Volkanovski ever loses to Yair, then Max can have his rematch down the track and it not look stupid. Also, even worst case scenario, Volkanovski beats every single contender coming up. Max Holloway will be there for a fourth chance. And guess what? I think, I think Max Holloway will only improve. He's still younger than Volkanovski by like four years. So a fourth fight with Volkanovski versus Max Holloway is not going to be too bad. And guess what? Max can only do better. I don't think he can do worse than what he did in number three. I see, I see Max v. Volk four occurring after Max Holloway has had two wins already. Two wins additionally, just like Robert Whittaker after his first title fight loss. I think he needs to fight Brian Ortega for a second time. He might need to fight Mosvar or Tupuria because they're the two they're the two names, man. They're the two ones. And then he can have his fourth fight with Volkanovski. Apart from that, he shouldn't get his fourth fight. He should just stay there. If in the event that Yair Rodriguez loses, I would love to see a rematch with Yair. That was a close fight, and now that Yair's older, most likely he'll probably beat Holloway, which will lead to a trilogy, which is something we all want to see because Yair had a great fight with Max. Max Holloway has immense cardio. And one thing I want to see him test is putting more weight on that cardio. If he can do 50 to 60 strikes around for five rounds at featherweight, I want to see him with with heavier hands. I want to see him where he's gassing out in the fifth round. I want him to go to lightweight. I want him to put on size and jump up to lightweight. I think him against Gaethje is the perfect fight to make. It's an interesting style matchup. They'll strike the whole thing. Max has got the volume. Pop, 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 pop. Couple leg kicks here and there. Spinning kick. Gaethje's got the power shots. Now, I, I, I see Gaethje putting Max Holloway out cold. He can do it. But I also see Holloway melting Gaethje in the fourth round, just like Dustin did to Gaethje. It's a great fight. I'd love to see it. Additionally, he could fight Dariush. If Dariush loses to Charles Oliveira, we will see. I don't know when this podcast comes out, but you might know that he's beaten him by then, or he might have lost. Max v. Dariush is a good style matchup. Dariush can wrestle with Max. Max has got really good takedown defense. Max outstrikes Dariush. He could probably beat um, uh, Benil Dariush. It goes to show you how good Max Holloway is. And then because it shows you how good Max Holloway is, it goes to show you how good Volkanovski is for beating Max Holloway three times. It's feral. This is a very um, interesting time to be an MMA fan. Do I see a Dustin Max 3? I do. Dustin Poirier does not care if he's beaten you two times. He'll fight you again. He really doesn't care. If the money is there, he'll do it. Especially with the fact that him touching that belt seems interesting. It doesn't seem like he can do it. He's, he might be fighting Islam Makachev in October on the Abu Dhabi card. But yeah, he'll fight Max again. And do I see Max beating him? No, but I do see it being closer than the second time. Because Max needs to put on more size. He was small during that fight. Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway too. Max said 
change the rule set, make it, make it like infinite rounds. Put me up against there. I don't care what weight. They don't find the weight class. Just whatever. If 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 Connor rocks up one seventy and Max rocks up one sixty, then they do it. And to be honest, I don't mind. With the way MMA is going and the way bare knuckle is and all the tra- transitionary periods we're going through in this sport, I think the chances of this occurring and Dana White actually saying yes to this is real. If Max Holloway said, oh, I want to do that with Dustin, fucking Dana's going to be like, relax, mate, shut up. If it's, if it's Conor McGregor, no matter what, they'll allow Conor to do whatever he wants. If you make this fight, eight rounds or 10 rounds, Connor might accept it and we might have a classic on our hand, the rematch, because Connor actually beat him with wrestling at featherweight. Now doing a higher weight class, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, love to see it. Max putting on size, I think this occurs, Max Holloway can do this and Connor can do this in two, three years time and I really see it happening. I really do. I'm very confident in saying that. What has to happen during that time is Max needs to get around two more fights at featherweight. He needs to fight Volkanovski for a fourth time. If he loses, he does this. This is the way to make money in Max's career. If you can't get the belt and it's impossible, fighting Volkanovski for a fourth time, you already have three chances. If you can't win in the championship fight, the next best is a money fight with McGregor. So I definitely see this occurring. This guy has the best chin in MMA history. He's taken like the most shots of all time. And he's thrown 3,000 strikes, which is the most strikes out of anyone in the history of UFC. He's got the best chin in MMA history. Now, a topic I want to talk about is who is the featherweight goat in the UFC. Is Aldo, Volk, or Max? Now, I think you invalidate Max due to the fact that he lost three times to Volk. So it's between Volk and Aldo. Volk beat Aldo, correct, but Volk only has five title fight wins in featherweight. Aldo has eight, and then he has three in the WEC, making that a total of 11. This is a problematic position to be in. One thing I just want to say is that Yair Rodriguez has the interim championship right now, and every single interim champion has, in the featherweight division has become the undisputed champion. Conor McGregor had interim champ. He knocked out Aldo for the belt. Max Holloway had interim champ after he beat Pettis. He knocked out Aldo for the belt. Aldo got the interim belt when he fought um, my guy, Frankie Edgar, and then he got promoted to undisputed. Yair Rodriguez is the interim belt. No champion's ever defended their belt against an interim champion. If if Volkanovski does this, then it will put him in a different subset. I think Volkanovski needs two more wins. I think he needs two more wins, and if he gets seven belts then and, and Aldo has eight in the UFC, you can just say, all right, Volk might have one less, but he's better. Kind of like the Dominic Cruz-TJ Dillashaw scenario where TJ has five title five wins and Dom would have four, but Dom beat TJ. So yeah, two more title five wins for Volkanovski, he's a featherweight goat. I see Volkanovski going to lightweight, and that's problematic for Max Holloway as well because I just said, I just, just did this whole segment about how Max Holloway would have success at lightweight, and if Volk's there, then it just makes it so much more problematic for him. Here we go. And now we're at the final stage of the rankings. The top two positions. One and the champion spot. This fight takes place UFC 290 July 8th. Okay. Rank one, which also equals rank 
interim champion, Yaya El Pantera Rodriguez. This guy, if you described him with one word, it's dangerous. He's feral. Did I know he was this good when I was talking about him ages ago? No, not at all. I didn't see him coming into his own. I didn't even realize that the age factor existed. And that's why I've been focusing so much more on age with my analysis is because when you say someone like, here we go again, Tapuria and he's 26 or something, how do you know that if he loses his next three in a row, how do you know when he's 34, he can't be a champion? That's a lot of years to hone your craft. And that's what that's what uh, Yair did. He's been in the UFC for years now. He was like here 23. So when you see someone at 23, you don't think, oh, he's 23. You think, oh, Yair is pretty bad, isn't he? He's losing to wrestlers. No wrestler can beat this guy anymore. Well, they can, but figure of speech, you know what I mean. Okay, so he's dangerous. That fight with the Korean zombie proves it. It doesn't matter how down on the scorecards he is, final second, minute, whatever, he'll knock you out. It doesn't matter. That fight with Max Holloway might look different now that he's older. It really might. I'm scared for Max to take that rematch. Max beat him via wrestling. Yeah, you fixed it. And now he's looking deadly. Emmett tried to implement what Max did. This is why I have a problem with the rematch. Because Max did it, succeeded. Yair fixed it. Max hasn't fought him yet. Emmett tries to implement some things that Max Holloway did. Yair puts him on the ground, submits him via triangle. Are you fucking kidding me? So then they go Max Holloway versus Yair too. Max goes, I'm good. I'm not doing that shit. This guy is the deadliest striker in the UFC. Now, he's also a submission threat with insane BJJ skills. But he doesn't have the wrestling. That other fighters like Volkanovski have. But here you go. What does Volk do? Does he stand up with Yair and have the possibility of getting knocked out cold? Out of nowhere, head kick, spinning back kick, wheel kick, elbow crazy punch combination, liver kick. You know what I mean? What the fuck does he do on the feet? Does he stand there and strike with him? I don't think that's a good idea. Okay, he stands out of range in a boxing distance and he jabs in and jabs. What if he catches him coming in with an up kick or a or a um, front kick or a push kick? You know what I mean? To the face. Puts him out cold, Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort style. How do you fight an unorthodox fighter? If... Anyone can land on Volk, which is doable. If you can land on Volk, Yair can put him out cold. He's 30 years of age. He's 5'11", while Volk is 5'6". He's still got a 71 inch in reach advantage. Re- 71 reach, such as Volk has a 71 reach as well. But one thing I want to touch on is the leg reach. How long are Yair's legs? And even if they're not long, how long does he use them? He can cover the re- the distance of the whole cage with his legs. He's feral. And he's tall. Yair has now made himself one of the most dangerous people in the UFC. But already, he is top three, top four best strikers in the UFC. He might be fourth. Might be fourth, fifth. I know I said top three. Relax. 
he might be top four, top five best strikers in the UFC. That's how good his striking is. And his fight with Volkanovski will prove that Yair is amazing. But Volk might be too good. Rank C, the champion of featherweight. The champion of featherweight, the undisputed reigning defending champion of featherweight is Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Everyone's favorite Macedonian from Sydney. Everyone's favorite rugby player. He's 34 while Yair's 30. He's the best. No one can beat him. I think his path to victory against Yair Rodriguez is he needs to wrestle him even though it will put him in a position where Yair can get submissions off. Same how he did Ortega. Same how he went for it on Emmett. Same how he went for it on Holloway, but Holloway defended. And he wasn't even that good when he did it to Holloway. And now he's amazing at it. This guy's a beast at 34. He's achieved so much. Might be the GOAT. We've already spoken about that. He needs like two more fights. He beat Aldo. He beat Max three times. He beat the Korean Zombie. He beat Chad Mendes. Destroyed Ortega. This guy could do amazing in bare knuckle as well. I would love to see Volkanovski take some people on in bare knuckle. Uh, bare knuckle fight between uh, Volkanovski and and Calvin Cater. Book it. Yeah, he is the interim champion. And as I was saying before in the podcast, I said, just wait until I get to Volk's part because I'll say it. Volk is the top 10 best MMA fighter of all time. He is an unmatched legacy. This is the most professional Australian fighter that we've ever had. The most success we've seen from an Australian fighter. But the problem is he's got a man standing in his way. Yair Rodriguez. So how do you beat him? Volkanovski is a featherweight undefeated champion. He's still undefeated, even though he lost to Islam Makachev at lightweight. He's undefeated. Volk has the boxing. Yair has the kickboxing. Volk has the wrestling. Yair has the BJJ. Volk has the cardio. Yair has shown that he fades. If Max can catch Volkanovski with a head kick, how does Yair not do it? How does he not do it? His shin would be magnetized to Volkanovski's head, similar to how I've got a titanium shin bone. I don't know how to do Connor's accent. He's got a titanium shin bone. He might, ma- he might be magnetized to Volk's head. That, that huge bowling ball of a head. I see Volkanovski winning this fight. I've said what I've had to say. Let's move on to the next fight. Where does Volk go after he beats Yair Rodriguez? Let's say he doesn't. He'll rematch him, of course. But let's say he beats him. What does he do? Henry Cejudo, if he beats Aljamain Sterling. I haven't watched the fight. This, this podcast is two days before that fight. If Henry wins... Also, I'm getting nervous about that pick. I, I, I did a whole podcast about how Aljamain was so much better than Henry Sudo, and now watching it, the way, the way Henry's talking about it is like he's already won. It's dangerous when people do shit like that. So yeah, Henry might win that. If Henry wins that, because I can't, I'm not always correct, I can't always be correct, I would love to see a Volkanovski v. Henry Cejudo match. And Volkanovski will be the taller fighter in that fight, which he usually is never. Shown by the fact that Yair Rodriguez is 5'11", Volkanovski's 5'6". Okay, he fights Henry Suda. I'd love to watch that fight. I can break that down. If, if Henry wins, I'll break it down. He needs to rematch Islam Makachev. You can still call that fight a robbery. I, I made like two, three episodes on it. I was so cut by that, by that fight. 
But yeah, you need to make the rematch. Okay, let's go back to the topic at hand. Yair Rodriguez versus Volkanovski. The fight starts round one. Yair explodes. Big shots trying to trying to ascertain dominance. Volkanovski might clinch him. Yair might go for those Muay Thai uppercuts, but he doesn't do Muay Thai, but you know what I mean. They're called that. He might do the short-range strikes to try and get him off. Volk might take him down. Yair might throw up a submission threat, get back to his feet. Fights back standing. Volk hits him with a big punch. Crowd goes, oh. Yair hits him with a big leg kick, body kick, massive punch. They're, they're, they're throwing down. Now, here it is. Yair, throughout the whole fight, can catch Volk with anything and put him out. Volk can't do the same. He doesn't have that knockout power. He's just His fight IQ is just amazing, though. His fight IQ, he can fight anyone. Volkanovski can fight anyone, even including welterweights. He can fight anyone. From bantamweight to welterweight, if he can make the weight, he can fight anyone in the UFC. That's how good Volk is. But as we know, it may so unpredictable that how do you how do you how do you equate for the chance of Volkanovski making a mistake while Yair is being unorthodox? If Yair throws a spinning back fist, Volk goes okay, block high, and then finishes off with as his spinning goes a head kick the same way Sean O'Malley does in the spin. How do you know it doesn't catch Volk? You don't. So how this fight looks is that Volkanovski wins the decision. He wins the decision, man. But Yair can finish him via submission. Actually, no, I don't. I don't know submission. I don't think. I don't think he can uh, catch him in there because Volk has shown too much good submission defense. He can get him in the submission and he will escape. He can finish him on the feet, TKO, or KO. But Volk will get the decision on him. Volk needs to tie Yair out. He needs to strike with him and then wrestle with him and then clinch with him and mix it up throughout the whole fight to get him mentally frazzled, make him feel weird, fuck with his mind, get him fatigued, make him want to quit. If Volk can do this, which he does to everyone, he'll win the fight. If he can't do this to Yair and he puts him in a position where Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards were in the rematch, number two, each time that bell sounds for the next round, Yair will have one minute of dominance. So round three. Let's say Volkanovski wins the first two rounds. Round three, Yair comes out first round, blazing, right straight, push kick, head kick, marching down, running after him, leg kick, spin spin attack, jump kick. You know, just 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 the fucking craziest shit. This is all possible. And then takes Volkanovski out. I think What's most probable to happen, what anything combat thinks it's going to occur, is that Volkanovski will win a decision against Yaya Rodriguez by staying mentally composed, because that's the type of athlete he is. Thank you very much for tuning in to Anything Combat uh, podcast.